0: Show with Ken Kidney.
1: Good morning, good evening, good night, and good welcome to the inaugural episode of The Weekend Show. My name is Ken Kidney. I'm joined by my lovely co host, Garrett. Say hello, Garrett. Hi, ho. Every week, we are going to try to bring you our take on the most noteworthy headlines from the week, as well as some of the more obscure stories from home and abroad. On the show this week, we round up the week's news in the Week in Words. In our feature story, we look at the reaction to the legalisation of gay marriage in Ireland, both internationally and closer to home. And we also talk to Nicole McDonagh about the new Cork Musical Society. But before we dive into all that, Gar, how was your week? What did you get up to? Well, it was pretty uneventful. I planned
2: to play Splatoon all, all weekend, but Royal Mail scuppered that plan by not delivering it on time.
1: Okay, just before you get into a bit of a rant about Royal Mail for the listeners at home, can you explain what Splatoon is? Because I have no idea.
2: <laughs> Splatoon is Nintendo's latest kind of shooter that's not a shooter, where you're a, a kid who can turn into a squid and swim through ink that you shoot down using your guns. The idea is to spread as much ink as possible as opposed to kill people. I see. And what age is that game for? It's it's for, for everybody. It's E for everybody, it's Ken. E for
1: everybody. And what age are you?
2: I'm everybody. You're I everybody. fall under the E for everybody. Thank you very much.
1: He's, uh, he's nearly 23. 23 next week.
2: Wish uh, me happy birthday on Twitter.
1: Wish me happy birthday on Twitter. Tell him your Twitter handles that I can wish you happy birthday. At
2: Garrett Kidney. J Garrett Kidney. Or ETT.
1: Yeah, so uh, if you wish Garrett happy birthday, he'll be very pleased. I and will might, be very pleased. He might even tweet back. So. I'll at least favorite it. At <laughs> least favorite Because <it laughs> you're not paying. Yes. So That's um, the point of
2: social media. Social media is all vanity.
1: That's true. Other than that, uh, anything else? Anything else interesting happened to you this week? I saw Mad Max.
2: Which I, I'm afraid to talk about because everybody loved Mad Max.
1: I have, I actually haven't seen it yet, but um, I was actually planning to see it, and then uh, your description of it kind of turned me off.
2: It's it's essentially the third act of an action film for a whole film. It's just kind of crashing and banging and crashing and banging and very little talking. But it's not even good crashing and banging. It's it's a glorified Transformers film.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people it... a lot of people really play, praised the the practical effects and. The fact that it was, you know, it was like female-led and and that it actually was a genuinely kind of well-paced uh, mildly in action film. You, you don't feel the same way, obviously.
2: No, I didn't think any of the action landed at all. It was just kind of nondescript cards banging into each other.
1: I have to say, um, Tom Hardy, uh, for some reason, he really turns me off in, in films. Like, I mean, people lauded how he was Bane in Batman. I thought Bird. he was a poor poor man sean connery you, you
2: can't mention pain without doing a pain impression it's a rule of the universe
1: batman i'm gonna you. smash your back over my knee yeah. i gonna break your spine
2: spoilers for it.
1: spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the dark knight rises sorry your old films um yeah i just i don't know like if, if he's like like the the head like the headline star in a film i it, it's not gonna make me want to go see it to be honest but uh my main obsession this week and I'm not afraid to say it has been the Eurovision song contest we had our annual Eurovision party last year last year we had it last week and we had it last year as well it's a yearly thing it's a yearly thing I um, wasn't invited you weren't invited I'm sorry uh, I have a very small apartment we' sitting in for uh, the the ten right
2: people the ten like most prioritized people Gar's not among his most ten important people
1: anyway can I get back to my point now? go on well. Like, every every year I get obsessed with the Eurovision because we have the party and we have a little bet on who will win and there's even the trophy and everything. And then uh, I get to the point where all the songs that I like, i listen to them until I'm absolutely sick of them for an entire week and then I'll stop. So, uh, as you may know, Sweden won the contest. A worthy the, winner. A worthy winner. Uh, I, You know, uh, Russia came very close, which was very much not uh, popular with the crowd. Who were no. there no. No one would have happy. went next year
2: if Russia had won.
1: <laughs> exactly. And uh, it's actually the second time in three years that Sweden have won it, and the third time since the turn of the century. So they're like the they're gonna they're gonna be like they're like setting up a bit of a Eurovision dynasty for themselves. But um uh Man Zelmer, though, the the winning song Heroes, uh I became a bit obsessed with him this week. So I think I followed on, him on average, Instagram. You, what oh. is it is it is he as handsome on Instagram? Yes he is. He's gorgeous, just he in is. case you haven't seen him. Google Google the song Heroes. Sweden, 2015 Eurovision. 2015.
2: In fact, it's, it's a great song, but like it's it's brilliantly it's so staged as well. I think there's something
1: the... in it that's brainwashing me <laughs> yeah. because I just cannot. I mean, on average, I'm not joking ten times per day.
2: That's that's a little more than I've listened to it. Yeah,
1: and getting back to the staging, it's actually really interesting because they have a, a an annual contest called I'm going to say this wrong, Melody Festival in very Swedish and, sounding. Yeah, it, it it takes place over months and months. It's kind of like their X Factor, and I the final, I was watching a bit of the final because he performed the song at the final, obviously. It was like performing in like a stadium. It was like a 10,000 seater stadium. <laughs> and there's packed with people who are like, and like, and like they go like through rounds and rounds. It takes like six months to choose a song. And like, but like, I watched the song for him performing. And the interesting thing is like the performance that he did is like the exact one he did at the Eurovision. So what they do is they go from start to finish and they'll actually perform the, like they'll They'll work on the performance, they'll work on the song, the person. So it's the complete package once it's it's ready to go. And obviously it's yielded good results because they won again for the second time since 2012. Um, the host, Austria, did not do so well. They're zero actually, points. Zero points, exactly. Along um, with the Germans. Along with the Germans. Clearly Somebody, we all hate Germanic countries at someone, the moment. Some, someone sending a clear message to the Germanic-speaking countries. But uh, the the interesting thing is they're actually the first ever country to win it, and as hosts get nil points the following year.
2: Because yeah, you usually get like kind of the oh, great job hosting Austria, four points. Thanks
1: for that. But the reason I mention it is I think that maybe like like we take it really personally. We're in Ireland at the moment for those listening abroad. Uh, We take it really personally if we don't qualify, we do not qualify for the grand final, and we take it really personally if if we uh, if our song doesn't do well. Uh, It's kind of a thing of national pride. We've won seven seven time winners. All the sweetness. They're creeping up on us, up now. us yeah. six times. But uh, I think that maybe we could take a leap in their book and actually develop a song over long periods. So period. So it's actually like a finished article Rather by the time it, it gets to the stage, you know.
2: Essentially throwing out a kind of ill-conceived, your song show that no one really cares about, and then it's like, yeah, we'll send that one.
1: And then afterwards, like, what will we do? It's like I don't know. Just have some bow runs and
2: sit her at a piano singing.
1: Have some other Irish things.
2: At least who is it that
1: set the piano on fire? Austria.
2: Austria. 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 Fair enough they a... got nothing, but they set the piano on fire. That at least adds a bit of pizzazz.
1: Maybe they re- maybe it's because they like went too far and they were just like maybe it's, like, <laughs> Why are you like, rooting
2: that poor piano? It's
1: just like piano fans just gave Neil Point to, yeah. uh, to Australia. So before we get into the main body of the show, uh the and talk about the week's talking points, anything else you wanna let the people know?
2: About the Eurovision. You know what I hate? Yeah? People that are too cool for the Eurovision. You know, it's like, oh, Eurovision, buddy. Why would you ever want to listen to that? The Eurovision is awesome. It is awesome. It's like super camp nonsense that you can't help but, like, be it's sucked just, into.
1: Like, this is why we have the party. It's just so much fun just to kind of, we all have, we all just kind of get our glow sticks and we all have a bit of a, a camp time. We all have a bit of a, uh, it's just like, and uh, I think you said, there's a tweet that came out from you during the week that said it's one of the most well-staged shows it in is, the entire it's, world. It's
2: brilliant. There's graphics and fireworks and amazing lighting and brilliant staging. It's just it's it's like people talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. It has nothing on the Aura vision.
1: Nothing. And we won it the most times. A we're still,
2: shot straight at Katy Perry right there.
1: I mean we can we can do anything. We can win Oscars, we can win uh World Cups, we could win anything. No, no, no. Sporting, well <laughs> We you know. haven't
2: done so well at the old World Cups. No.
1: Well the Rugby World Cups.
2: Uh, yeah, we're sport- decent at rugby. A team that like rugby. twenty countries in the world kind of play competitively.
1: So, but like, we could win anything, but we're still like, we won Eurovision. Yes, the Eurovision. Yeah, seven times.
2: times. We're the best. And Johnny Logan is awesome.
1: So coming up next, we have The weekend Words, we'll take you through the main talking points of the week uh, with the soundbite, just in case you haven't heard it before. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to The Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash The Weekend Show.
1: I'm not perfect. Nobody is perfect, but we will do a good job together, I'm sure. FIFA was rocked by a scandal as nine officials were arrested on suspicion of receiving bribes of in excess of 100 million. FIFA President Seth Blatter was not among those accused and subsequently distanced himself from all wrongdoing. Uh, in fact, he disappeared from uh, a meeting he was supposed to appear at during the week uh, just to lay low. But uh, the the cherry on the cake was uh, only yesterday he was reelected for another uh, four year term as president.
2: Traditionally, corruption kind of comes from the top, right? You don't have a hugely corrupt organization with a kind of stalwart leader. So it's it's kind of mind boggling that this week of all weeks, when nine high ranking FIFA executives were arrested, he got reelected as president.
1: So let's let's just do the math here. Yeah, um, this corruption has alleged. What has been alleged to been going on since nineteen ninety one. Very long time. Sepp Blatter has been president of FIFA since nineteen ninety eight, and like he, so, he's saying that uh, during this time he's not seen any of this go on. I mean, how can you how can you lead an organization? I mean, if like if if he's not implicated as a as a as a a person who's been a beneficiary of these prize is he at least uh up for firing because he's basically the worst boss (laughs) yeah he somehow managed to
2: lead an organization for how many years 17 years without realizing the organization is crumbling around him exactly i i find that just a small bit suspect
1: uh his his uh my favorite quote from the week is like we can't watch all people at all times
2: Which, in fairness, you can't. But can you watch nine of them, you know?
1: Could you watch some of them some of the time?
2: Do you not get somewhat suspicious when Qatar get a World Cup?
1: Now, full disclosure, we are a little bit bitter because he made fun of us when we got screwed out of the World Cup. Yeah, we are. When (laughs) when Thierry Henry of France handled the ball, Mm -hmm. resulting in a goal that knocked us out of the playoffs. So, we're not the biggest fans of that bladder as it is.
2: For those that can't see, I'm shaking my fist. Uh,
1: I just think, you know, he's he's actually... What age is he now? I'm not quite uh, sure. Uh, he's 73.
2: I want to say 73. He's in his 70s.
1: He's in his 70s. And, like, he's just, like... He just looks old and tired. And, you know, I won't say decrepit, but I was thinking... Uh, and he's, uh,
2: he's leading a backward organisation. This is the same organisation that, that was so reluctant to introduce technology after pretty much every... The GAA introduced technology nearly before they did. The GAA is an amateur sport. <laughs> Like they're they're just backwards in nearly everything they do,
1: and they seem to mind their sponsors more than they mind. Oh yes, yes. And they, they're they're like, like I mean I remember saying that like the host country of the World Cup gets literally nearly no money out of it. No, it nothing directly, yeah. Uh, maybe in tourism stuff like that, that. that's
2: the idea that you showcase your country to the world, but in terms of actual like direct money you get, is is pretty pretty negligible.
1: And it's something like uh, like the the death toll for the Qatar World Cup is. It's a thousand already, I think. A thousand already, and, and uh, it's slated highly to climb.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's when's when's Qatar? Qatar is twenty twenty it? Yeah. Which that's another seven years down the line.
1: So if you want to extrapolate, there were <laughs> the World Cup maybe a year ago, year and a half ago. Yeah. So we're going to see about five, six thousand people dead from this. War. For the sake of playing
2: football, for, uh, a for the love of the game. And is never mind the fact that footballers just cannot play football. Like, football, more than a lot of sports, is, is very physically intensive. You're yeah. doing a lot of running. Yeah. And in that heat, it's just
1: not going to happen. And, you know, uh, one of the main points was a lot of people, you know, uh, I have a lot of friends who are sports fans, are wondering if the whole bidding process is going to go under review now.
2: It should. And a part part of the reason suggested why the Americans are, are bringing up those those corrupt charges is a tad bit of bitterness on their end for not getting that 2022 world cup there was
1: a, a high-ranking official i can't remember his name uh uh, uh he's uh, from the u.s himself and he um he had two penthouses in, in donald trump's big tower in new york one of them was for his cats
2: uh, well you want your cats to live in comfort
1: yeah uh, in the lap of luxury <laughs> yeah. but uh um, all down to those fifa bribes so um a lot of people say you know if you want to be a politician that's the way you kind of. Uh, make money, but I think you should just try and get yourself into FIFA. You FIFA, know,
2: yeah, and uh, it's 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 essentially without any uh, transparency. So no one's looking at what you're doing. Everything is good in the world.
1: You can basically rob and pillage for twenty years, and your boss goes thumbs up. <laughs>
2: yeah, good job, buddy. I didn't see it, so it didn't happen.
1: uh One of the one of the the main chief executives uh, actually backed him shortly before the vote, saying that he's done a great job. um He's a bit of a stooge. Well, fairness, well most the of the people pocket. there
2: are studios, I imagine.
1: Um, I'm surprised Prince Salida, that his, his main opponent just conceded because it did go to a recount. The vote did go to a recount. Which,
2: yeah, but yeah, I th- I think it's just so systemic there, though it's, it's it's overwhelming. It's interesting to it'll be interesting to see what happens with the other footballing bodies bodies like yeah, UEFA and the South American, It would be CONCACAF. Wouldn't it? Uh,
1: CONCACAF is the US.
2: Yeah, the US is kind of North and Central America, and yeah. then but uh, especially UEFA, who are kind of making rumblings about not necessarily supporting FIFA, and like FIFA would collapse if UEFA pulled out.
1: Like if you look at the last three World Cups, all won by UEFA countries. Yeah,
2: if you if you took France, Italy, Germany, Spain, England out of the World Ireland. Cup. Yes, yes, because we're going to qualify. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but if
2: you took all those teams out of the World Cup, the World Cup would be left much worse off because of it. It
1: would. Uh, and the, the the main point is that uh, UEFA are threatening to boycott the next World Cup. Yeah which could be disastrous for the competition, I, 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 I would doubt that it would even go ahead in that kind of circumstance. Because, uh, I mean, how many teams from... Like, UEFA have probably the largest body of teams. And Certainly
2: the largest body of what you'd call kind of top-tier teams.
1: I mean, who knows? We could see, like, I don't know, Nigeria winning. Yeah, world South,
2: South America. Then it's essentially just a toss-up between Brazil and Argentina, really, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe we'll just have a final. If you if you take Europe out, it's essentially between those two.
1: Yeah, we just have the final this year, and yeah, just go straight to Brazil and Argentina. But uh, uh, do you think there's an element there from Platini of a power play because there was talk that he wanted the top job for a while, and maybe he's just trying to. Well,
2: Platini's been reluctant to introduce technology himself with their stupid goal line officials who never, ever, ever do anything. In but far,
1: in fairness they have innovated recently um the foam has been yeah. a, a technical revolution <laughs> the,
2: the, the foam that's made a in argentina rich and imagine
1: he patented that for millions yeah good job and got, it's such foam. a simple little thing Does, is it is it actually just is it actually a patented item as in it, I, I
2: think it's the, the way it erodes; it disappears kind of makes it because that's the idea of a patent it
1: needs to be novel so he hasn't just gone to like Poured Tesco. some Gillette out into his own little <laughs> pipe. Yeah, his, own little, his own little bottle and said, look, it's, it's, it's the best a man can get. It's the best a man can get. And a key sponsor for the World Cup before FIFA. Indeed. It's, 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 it's what they call synergy, I think. You're yeah, business
2: this, this is the corporate synergy that you, you expect out of a, a national conglomerate, like, or an international conglomerate, even like FIFA.
0: Fella!
1: Okay, closer to home, uh, our very own Seamus, who is a WWE superstar, has landed a major film role in the TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sequel. Um, he's going to play Rocksteady, who, if my memory serves me correctly, is is an anthropomorphic rhino. Yes, he is. So, um,
2: <laughs> Seamus, apparently, is, is, his resemblance to an anthropomorphic rhino is uncanny.
1: Yes, uh, a very
2: rhinoceros-like
1: man. <laughs> Um, we, I saw the first film. Um,
2: I didn't, actually. I've, I've, I've seen the, the you know the animated film from like 2008. Yeah. Or the kind of CGI one. I, I like that film, actually.
1: That franchise but, has bounced around a lot it in recent years.
2: Even the cartoon. There's been so many iterations of the cartoon mm-hmm. in the last few years.
1: Yeah, I think there are three now. Yeah. And I, I know Nickelodeon bought it. And they're the one producing this film as well. Um, big coup for Shamo, though. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a major Hollywood film. The first one did a lot of money. I don't remember him ever acting before. I, I, I followed him for a long time because both of us are, are fans of pro wrestling. There was that time
2: you claimed you saw him in an airport. I did see him in an airport. We were in Dublin in airport. airport.
1: He's from Dublin. He bought an Ireland flag just as champion sport. Okay, let's leave it.
2: You saw a large ginger man and assumed it was Seamus.
1: Anyway, I saw a famous person. <laughs> um, but uh, he has done like UK films, stuff like that. Uh, you know, there was pictures of him on the set. I mean, like I don't know, I don't know how he's going to be able to shoot this with, you know, his schedule in the it's ring you know that's a four that's day a week deal yeah 52 weeks a year but at the same time though i'd imagine at some point in the film it's going to be cg because he turns into a, a mutant yes so maybe the filming schedule for his actual
2: is a day or two maybe yeah and
1: then do the voiceover work before too. he turns into a rhino do the voiceover work there um best of luck to him i think it's great yeah. i'll i'll probably go for the film see the film just to see what kind of accent he does, because he has a very distinct <laughs> of double accent.
2: Oh, uh, Rock said he's going to be Irish for no reason now. Just fella. like, just like Irish Jarvis in the Avengers.
1: Come here to me, fella.
2: Irish Jarvis in the Avengers was I, weird, wasn't
1: it? It was weird. And like, for a while I thought that was going to be like, I thought like, I had a theory that like, they localised this somehow. Which would make sense, because they did that for Captain America. With they, the the like,
2: list of things was was localised for every region. The list of things Cap had to catch up on.
1: Exactly, like, like they had a localised, like, they just, talking in the audio clips, but apparently it was the same actress. Yeah, it's just weird. But I I could have sworn at the start, when they first, New Jarvis first came in, she wasn't Irish. She had like an American accent. It seemed to get
2: more Irish as it went on. Because I think the cinema kind of heard, it's like,
1: is that an Irish accent? And I was like, yes it is. Um, It was quite offensive, I have to
2: say. Irish representation. Iron Man, get out of the (laughs) way. (laughs) You're going, get, eye, Iron man. you're going
1: to get crushed by those sentient robots. Tour manager, the rock group U2 has been found dead in a West Hollywood hotel room. David Sheehan had been with the group for more than 30 years. Uh, in sadder news during the week, uh, another Irish link here, uh, U2's... Well, it's
2: very sad to see uh, a man who would have long associated, been associated with like a top flight act, but tour manager of, uh, of U2 can't exactly be a, an easy job.
1: Apparently, during their last tour, they had like two multi-million... At Euro stages on the on the road at all times,
2: I can imagine the stress of managing that
1: yeah, uh also I mean like you know he has, it has to be said like you know uh he's done a really good job over the years of of, of helping you to reinvent themselves and reintroduce themselves to new generations um you know there have been a lot of people like maybe chef Gordon is another iconic uh music manager who's been talked about, but uh Dennis Sheehan would definitely have to be up there in some of the greatest. Uh, music managers of all time. I mean, can't be understated, not being biased, but I think you two are are, are and have been for, for for the last 30 years the biggest rock band on the planet. As much as people almost
2: resent them for it.
1: Yeah. But poor Bono.
2: Poor, yeah. Uh, you see, Bono's the kind of guy, that it's fine until he starts opening his mouth, and then you're like, oh, Bono,
1: Jesus. Yeah. But there's the kind of thing of I like, Bono. like, oh, why not he give his own money? It's he like, does. How do we know he doesn't give his own And money?
2: even if he didn't, he, he raises awareness, which is
1: more than a lot of people. of the weirder stories of the week uh it's just something from my childhood so i thought i'd mention it was um dustin diamond who played samuel screech powers in Saved by the bell the 1980s uh teen sitcom got arrested for allegedly uh, allegedly stabbing a person
2: allegedly stabbing someone in a bar fight
1: yeah. yeah so he's going on trial this week um so he wasn't saved by the bell in this scenario sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible that's that's
2: just awful
1: I had to say it. You watched the whole the whole series recently, didn't you? I did. You? It actually has a very weird continuity, like because a bunch of the actors left, and then they, they but they, they brought introduced new characters, but they they actually filmed, uh, the, the the series out of sequence. So, um, they introduce these new characters, then they disappear. So then Jesse Spano and Kelly Kapowski would be there for an episode, and then disappear for seven <laughs> more episodes. But that's uh that's getting sidetracked. But, uh, um. Remember, did you watch Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling? I did,
2: he was in that. He was in that,
1: yeah. He did look a bit unhinged. He wasn't... He he did. Um, I watched a kind of a... It was a kind of a... An unsanctioned uh, Lifetime movie about, say, based on his... Oh, yeah, he wrote that, didn't he? He wrote... No, well, he wrote the book. That they based the film on. The tell-all book, and he seems really bitter. Right. As in, like, uh, apparently he was bullied. Nobody paid attention to them. Everyone thought he was a bit of a joke. So I think, like, is it possible that Screech finally snapped?
2: And he never really went on to... Do much? Did he
1: except reality television? Yeah,
2: because the other two, Zach Morris and what's your man's name? Who Mario Lopez. Mario, Mario Lopez, Lopez, like King of Hollywood. Yeah, and Zach Morris had um, Franklin Bash.
1: Mark it, Paul Gosselaar. You, you know, know his either. name. I've either. watched some
2: of Franklin Bash.
1: Franklin Bash. That was okay. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was
2: a kind of harmless, inoffensive show.
1: Maybe for a season. After that, I didn't. I stopped watching it. But um, yeah, I I think it's, it's, it's like it seems like over the years he's become more increasingly bitter about. How how he was treated in the past, like as how you know, he was treated like a joke and then, you know, because of the way he looked, and then as he went on through his career, he just like you know, he was always the butt of the joke, you know, always the the laughing stock. So it's possible that he snapped. It's also possible that he's just not a nice person as well. But...
2: Or it might be falsely accused. Yeah, there's yeah. always that chance.
1: So uh, time will tell whether he, he actually beat the rap or not. But um, I hope he does, because I I rather enjoyed him in Saved by the Bell. And uh, if there's a, there was a reunion recently on the Jimmy Fallon show that he was not a part of. He wasn't. No. Uh, he was not in jail at that point. He, he was just saying I didn't want to, He didn't want to do it because it's he has such big numbers on YouTube as well. Yeah, massive. If you if you uh, if you uh, want to, you can actually find it on YouTube on, on the Jimmy Fallon show. Uh it's uh it's 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 quite funny. It's actually it actually nails this, the 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 vibe of Say What yeah, the, the Bell of, perfectly. The kind and, of very naff tone of it. <laughs> weirdly, unless un, un, unless you saw close ups, a lot of them actually look quite quite the same. Yeah. It's actually quite scary how, how, how young they all look. Um I suppose it was well it's not that long, it's twenty years I guess. It was, it's, it's, it's it's quite a while. Yeah.
2: But I hope uh I look the same in twenty years.
1: Uh but I I um I do enjoy Say What About Bell. I watched all of it recently. And uh, the fact that Screech is on trial means that I'm going to have to launch an online petition to get to free Screech.
2: Would you, would you get a giant tattoo of the prison on your back and break him out of prison breaks, down?
1: Um I would, but I'm afraid of needles. Needles so are terrifying. I might just, you know, do, do the bare minimum and start a social media campaign. Oh,
2: one of those just change.org things that you can get people to sign? It's like, yeah. oh, look,
1: look, I'm interacting with... with. Or hashtag free Screech. <laughs> That's, uh, that's you know that's think, what social
2: media. Never yeah, mind self promotion and vanity. That's what social media is for. It, it, it's it's
1: it's a, it, it's a catalyst for social change, and I think that's the least I could do for him. It's actually literally the least I could do. for him <laughs> So um, that I think that's about it for our week in words, uh, and we're going to move on now to. Our feature story talking about the legalization of gay marriage in Ireland. And we'll
0: be right back. You're listening to The Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash The Weekend Show.
1: So our feature story this week, and I'm very proud to say this, is uh, in the last week, Ireland has voted uh, unanimous, unanim- Let me try again. unanimously to legalized gay marriage in Ireland so the country took its biggest step yet towards equality for all our citizens uh people turned out in massive numbers to make their voice heard um and the people responded and um two out of every three people said yes so it's it's really fantastic for 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 the country but like i mean like the reaction has been nearly overwhelmingly positive uh, from, from Ireland and from abroad um, uh, rather interestingly I know we found this out uh, kind of on the day of the vote like we're the first country to actually legalize gay marriage via popular w- vote via popular vote yeah. which is really
2: kind of cool isn't it yeah. it's like we went to our people and said are you okay with this and it's, it's not like a piece of legislation being put in place by politicians or it's not a court ruling on something it's the people of the country saying look we should all be equal in the eyes of the law exactly. and we want to put that in our constitution um and that's really kinda of cool.
1: Yeah. One of the one of the like Dublin had a really high voter turnout and really high really high yes rates, yeah. Really high yes rates. The highest in the country was Dublin Southeast, seventy five percent. Which is gigantic. Um oh, rather awkwardly, only one constituency just, voted, no. Uh Rothcom and South Leachman. There's mm-hmm. always one.
2: We essentially we essentially have like a tolerance index of Ireland now. <laughs> we <laughs> can just rank them from top to bottom of where is most of these tolerant. Just
1: just, but to get, that's kind just of so people don't head to uh, Ross Common South, South Easton with their chair and feathers. Uh, we will note that it was fifty-one percent. So it was. Yeah. It was. And in
2: fairness, there were a lot. Of, there were a lot of constituencies that kind of voted yes. Fifty forty-nine.
1: One of the closest ones actually Donegal Southwest, which was voted yes by only thirty-three votes. Exactly. So thirty-three people said yes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, that none of that
2: matters. It, it passed. That's all that that really matters in the end.
1: It's actually the most voted um, referendum in the history of the state, isn't it? it is finishing my sentences. I feel like we're in yes. sync now. This <laughs> is the first episode, and we're actually we're actually gelling really well. 1.9 million, so it's 92 million uh, compared to 1.8 in 2004 for the uh, the vote restrict Irish citizenship, and um 1.6 million for divorce 20 years ago. The, um, the Shannon
2: one was, was extremely low recently, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, people really cared, no, but like no one
2: cared about the Shannon.
1: Well, it was just it was kind of a good thing because the people who felt strongly felt I should stay, and
2: which yeah, that probably more than its favorite. Though the poor Shannon around so I,
1: I suppose you could see say that more for for every referendum whoever like you know the largest contingent of people feel strongly will head out the vote which is yeah,
2: you something in the region of 50, 55,000 people registered to vote for the first time for this this referendum yeah.
1: um I have to say I, I as I felt a bit guilty because I was in uh the polling station not my own one my girlfriend and uh, an old woman came in pushing her husband and she was like um you know, they got a lot of, a lot of schools registered the 18-year-olds to vote. I found that very exploitive. They're kind of trying to fo- force them to vote, yes. And uh, I had to say, that made my blood boil. Um, they're not forcing them to do anything. I mean...
2: And just that they have got them registered to vote doesn't mean they're actually going to show up and vote.
1: I mean, they're as entitled to have their voice heard as anyone else, uh, really. So, a lot of celebrities, just because, like... That's we're the, famous. <laughs> we're famous all over the world now, uh, have reacted very positively to this. Uh, let me read a few tweets there on my screen. Uh, Seth MacLeod... Ireland, Congratulations to Ireland legalizing same-sex marriage on a national level. Come on, US. Let's catch up to the future. Richard Branson, who I also met. I, you insist. It was you, a virgin flight. He was. It was a video
2: and you were, like, like hallucinating.
1: He bumped into me and asked me where the line for first class was. I swear to God, yes, he,
2: he doesn't know where the line to first class is on his own airline. Yeah, but you know, Ken, Ken saw Rude Hullet in an airport once. He's making all of this up.
1: Maybe he just wanted to talk to me and he just didn't know couldn't find a reason other than Pretending that he didn't know where his seat was. He knew
2: Ken would host this super famous podcast online. He wanted to get in as an early guest. The
1: Weekend Show available at at the Weekend Show on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Download every Sunday. Anyway, back to Richard Branson. Back to Richard Branson. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Great to see the uh, people of Ireland uh, voting to live in a country where everybody's treated equally. Stephen Fry, a very famous campaigner.
2: He was on Ross in the Ruin
1: once. He was on. He cameoed on Ross in the
2: Ruin. I did. I I didn't know about that until he mentioned it in a video he did for. Uh, to uh, ask people to come out and vote yes yeah. and it's like oh he did a bit of Irish it's like oh do I remember much of my Irish from the time I did Ross in the Rune
1: just for the lols just for the lols he did Ross in the Rune anyway um, Neil Patrick Harris uh, you know another proud uh, gay activist uh, his one I don't like so much because it says I proudly raise a pint of Guinness and toast the people of Ireland for voting by like, sweeping majority to legalize same-sex marriage come on come on MPH you're better than that Yeah, you're smart you hosted the Oscars rather poorly we'll, go,
2: we'll past it. He hosted everything else well. The, yeah. the Oscars is a point.
1: Sam Smith. Uh, I only found out recently Sam Smith was gay. I didn't think he was. I
2: don't particularly know who Sam Smith is.
1: He's a new guy. You know, like before, everyone sang Adele at X-Factor Auditions. Yeah, now I they're singing Sam, Sam Smith, Smith. Right.
2: Yeah. You see, uh, music is my blind spot.
1: So, like uh, so no happy Ireland have passed the law to get married there. Still genuinely shocks me, though, uh, that's, that this is only just happening. Well, you know, it, you know we are kind of a country who Who only recently kind of, in the last 10 years, yeah, cast off the shackles of, of, you know, church rooting the state, basically.
2: Homosexuality was a criminal act 20 years ago, (laughs) (laughs) which kind of says how far we've come in a relatively short period of time. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's the reason a lot of the reaction has kind of been surprised because, you know, traditionally we're a very kind of Catholic state. Our census numbers for, for Catholicism are huge. And fair enough, practicing Catholics is, is a, an entirely different number altogether. But, yeah, which is so people were kind of surprised that this Catholic dominated country, or at least that's the perception of us, said, look, we don't have a problem with this.
1: We'll get back to the church in a minute. Oh, yes. To say about them. But uh, Russell Crowe, you love this. uh this is you, my favorite film. You're a fan of Russell Crowe, and you think he was brilliant.
2: He was so good. People give poor Russell. Uh, he's a hard, hard guy. His songs were my favorite part. Anyway My
1: vocal warm-up
2: exercises for this podcast is to sing The Confrontation from Les Mis.
1: I was the other part. Uh, he said that he was showing his love for the Emerald Isle, and he said he's like, dear Ireland, you're even more amazing. He's a very big fan of Ireland. He visited only recently. Mm-hmm. Um, is, his film came out. And much. Miley Cyrus was very eloquent in her tweet. Fuck yeah, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Do
2: we have to put a, a, an explicit language warning at the start now. <laughs>
1: And like, uh, and then, uh, getting back to Roscommon, uh, Chris O'Dowd is actually a native of Roscommon, uh, was proud of the yes vote and, uh, not very, very happy with his, uh, his own country voting no. Uh, he said, seems the no vote tactic of telling Roscommon people that gays have polluted the water were <laughs> <laughs> Mary McAleese, who was awarded the freedom of Roscommon at one stage, very disappointed also. Uh, sorry, Martin McAleese. Martin McAleese. We're so used to saying Mary. Because yeah. Nobody, no, no, like, Mar- like it's usually like like uh you know like Michelle Obama kind of has her own kind of profile but in the shadow of her husband but it's like the other way around with Mary McAleese. Yeah. My apologies. it be it's the same with
2: to... Hillary and Bill in a few years. Exactly. He's going to be like the first Speaking Hillary Hillary spoke out in favor as well, didn't she?
1: Yeah, she was very much in favor, but like they have closed ties to Ireland as are all US presidents. It's
2: do. it's a rule of thumb that you must invent your ties to Ireland. Not saying Obama invented I, his ties to Ireland. I but... think
1: there's a company out there That does all this stuff for you. So you pay them a large amount of money and then they like, they like manufacture Irish roots. Like,
2: Oh, we'll just put, put an Obama in money y'all.
1: Yeah. It's just like, Oh yeah. It's like, like you've all heard of this before. So the celebrities are right. pleased with us, So that's great. One of the, the less happy people was, uh, the Westboro Baptist church. Not who, uh, <laughs> who launched a section of our website saying God hates Ireland? Well, that
2: that, that website's years it's old, been there isn't it? For a while,
1: but they've updated it now. To, yeah,
2: because <laughs> we like the gays, so now they they hate us even more.
1: Uh, a vine, uh, uh, rather funny, though, a vine has got, gone viral of a protester attempting to fly the Irish flag upside down, which is the international sign of distress, uh, not realizing that the Irish flag looks the exact same if you turn it upside down. Yep. So some of them have been smart enough to notice this and instead opted to fly it backwards. Which is
2: no longer the Irish flag.
1: Yeah, the only problem being, as you say, it's like orange, white, and green is the flag of the Ivory Coast. So apparently, God hates them too now. Yeah. Who knew?
2: It's it's, it's If you're going to hate us, you know, if, if, if you're going to put, like, specific effort into hating us at least do it right though ken if if we're mocking them on this podcast will they will they now pull, god pull hates us? the weekend show yeah god we're, hates we're, the, sorry
1: god hates the weekend show with ken kidney
2: i noticed it's just with ken kidney as well i mean
1: yeah i mean like they don't like they don't put the co-host on conan o'brien or jimmy Fallon yeah. that's like a
2: the guy they don't really have co-hosts we're, we're best friends
1: <laughs> okay uh, maybe if you work your way up, you know. Maybe... Oh, there's like a, a
2: tier, there's like a promotion yeah, system. a promotion get system,
1: to... it's actually uh, an incentive. It's like a savings scheme or something. Oh. Uh, well, it works...
2: So it's, it's like a pyramid scheme where I give you money?
1: Yeah, you give me money, basically. <laughs> so if you invest 10 grand, you get co-hosts. <laughs> right. So uh, JK Rowling, not very happy with the Westboro Baptist Church. She was very happy with Ireland. She was active on Twitter as well. Twitter seems to be the, the Twitter epicenter of the news the... universe these days. It is. Uh, she said, sitting here watching Ireland make history, extraordinary and wonderful. And then she started having fun with her fans on Twitter saying that uh, what if Gandalf and Dumbledore were gay? And she's like, oh, they could get married in Ireland. And then the Westboro Baptist Church fired back with a tweet saying, if they do, we'll picket it <laughs> And it's just like, not uh, like, do you think they know that those are fictional characters or they are? Um, well...
2: Probably not, because they are relatively detached from the real world. Their their grasp of reality is less than ideal. So I think they think Dumbledore is a real person, and he's a real person in our hearts.
1: Exactly, uh, Dumbledore, and, and like, that was one of her major, uh, major kind of moves in recent years, that to kind of support the movement in, in establishing Dumbledore as as a gay man. Uh, that, and I technically that was, Gandalf is a gay man I thought that was yeah, very interesting he's, he's played by Ian McAllen. Ian McKellen who's a pro I find I found it like just a little side note there and this is not about Ireland but a, a prominent gay man Ian McKellen as you just mentioned apparently you know when you go to a hotel and they nearly always especially in the US have a bible in one of the drawers yep. apparently he always ripped out the page that's in the uh, section I like the word,
2: it's only a page yeah. it's not like it was, it's not like one of the uh, the, the, the ten commandments that God hewed into stone and gave to us. It's a page in the Bible written by people years afterwards.
1: Who had their own agendas. Indeed.
2: And if God created everybody, surely he
1: created the gays. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, he invented homosexuality, unless it's some kind of horrible defect that he did not but intend. But like, you
1: see, the, the, the Bible something... Um, what is their argument against that? It yeah. probably just goes something along the lines of, the gays were sent here to test our faith, or something oh, like that. God. You know, like, they're going to they're gonna
2: send gay and lesbian people here to test and if, test our resolve yeah. the uh, gonna And if you're really, really upset about that,
1: you've got something to ask yourself. You really do.
2: Yeah. It's like people that are just wanting to live their lives. Why would you want to interfere with them? That's that's why the no campaign
1: annoyed. You know, me. my main per- motivation of voting yes, besides you know having gay friends, it's just like it just felt wrong. People's yeah. not being the same, you know. Uh back to JK Rowling, because this is interesting, we'll get Uh so she responded to them saying they'll pick a dumbledore and why <laughs> wedding by saying Alas, the sheer awesomeness of such a union in such a place would blow your tiny bigoted minds out of your thick sloping skulls.
2: Well put. Yes. That's I, why she's I, a billionaire.
1: <laughs> there's, well, not a billionaire anymore. Apparently, she's uh, well. She I'm made full of anecdotes today made, made billions. She actually gives away so much money; she's not a billionaire anymore. You know? is, she's still doing. She's a wrong. cool person. He is. She's a very cool person. Anyway, and they're opening another Harry Potter theme park, so she's rolling in. And
2: they're making that new trilogy of films and they re- re-release the books every few years in a new edition, just yeah. so people will buy them again.
1: And they have a Harry Potter experience in England now, which is amazing. I so, recommend it in Watford.
2: So much money. Uh,
1: so she, uh, she uh, and there's a quite a lot of backfire. People said she shouldn't have done it, and she said, they said that she was kind of maybe kind of uh, you know, giving in to them too much or maybe responding to their kind of hate hateful jibes too much. The kind of don't feed the troll idea. Don't feed the troll, exactly. So, and her response to that was, I don't care about WBC. I think it's important that scared gay kids who aren't out yet uh, see hate speech challenge. challenge." So, you know, when you're that rich, you can say whatever you want. Because you're just like, what are you going to do to me? I'm super rich. I created a beloved franchise. People love me. me. People love me. And they will continue to love me for, uh, forever. So that's that's a really, co- really cool story. You know, like there's endless cool stories during the week. So we could go on all day about like how many people praised us. And, how, and how even people...
2: just the, the, the image that projects worldwide, the image of Ireland. as not this backwards uh, regressive nation. We're kind of open and welcoming. And the pictures are being beamed all over the world of us yeah. legalizing same-sex marriage.
1: And it's kind of had a knock-on effect as well because in Australia the referendum was under had a big impact because the opposition party are attempting to capitalise by pushing through a vote for same-sex marriage. So they are putting a bill toward into the Australian Parliament shortly. A representative said that the, uh, of the of the opposition who were in, in favour, Shorten said. Shorten is his surname said. We uh, the the vote in Ireland has reignited momentum for the marriage equality debate on uh, on the other side of the world in Australia because you know. Ireland, as you said, traditionally traditionally seen as a conservative by in their history vote yes, you know, and like uh, there's kind of a little bit of a perception that Australia are embarrassed because they're seen as backwards uh, and people like, like they don't want to vote, they don't want homosexuals to marry, but they also don't like being humiliated, so. You know, they can't have a point. <laughs> you see, uh,
2: it's, it's not a matter of who's first anymore. It, it's really a matter of who's going to be the last. Exactly. You right. know, everyone, everyone on the no who's side... Who's
1: going to be Ross each and
2: Yeah, who's going to be that of, of the world? Or when you have the American states voting one by one, who's going to be the last American state to, to uh, legalize same-sex marriage? It's it's becoming somewhat of an ine- inevitability.
1: So, uh, Prime Minister Tony Abbott, who's probably one of the worst people on the, the planet. <laughs>
2: That's... Uh, I, he's
1: he's, yeah okay (laughs) okay let's move he had previously said that there's going to be be no vote there will be no vote sorry i'm the prime minister i say so uh he kind of backtracked you to international pressure saying there'll be a full frank candid and decent debate uh on the issue meaning that that he's firmly against it yep because apparently homosexuals aren't decent they are quite candid i have to say but that's another story and he said he'd allow his uh mp uh oh mp's of his liberal party to vote freely on the issue it's kind of strange for a liberal prime minister to be anti-gay mm. um, maybe on liberals that's the label come on tony we all know what that means we all have mothers that means no and quit asking <laughs> yeah we'll see sure we'll see sure uh, ask me tomorrow yep. Yeah. like uh so we put it off for as long as we can garrett the last element we have to talk to is the reaction of the church mm. they're none too pleased as you can imagine yeah Uh, Archbishop of Dublin Deere Martin who wrote uh, before the vote stated that there's a danger that marriage will lose originality if same-sex marriage is allowed Uh, appeared on the news on Saturday I watched it it was just literally short I think it was maybe an hour before the vote was made official but like the yes votes have been pouring in so I have a foregone conclusion conclusion I've never seen a more powerless and defeated man in my entire life he's looked shell-shocked and it almost looked like they kind of coerced him into going on the news. He really did not want to go on the news. But uh, these people, they had to see it coming. And like you he know, had, he, he said he said everything. So he stopped short of saying like I disapprove of this. This is the wrong wrong vote. He's kind of like, yeah, this is not what the church teaches, and uh, you know, uh, the church had to go through a reality check in the way what they they really do. But uh, he had uh, chats during the week and laws, perhaps laws, I don't know, uh, with the Vatican Secretary of State. Get we said the vote was not a defeat for Christian principles. Good. Good is, start it isn't. Comma. They it was a more. defeat for humanity. That's much worse. <laughs> <laughs> it started so <laughs> well. It's just like, oh, great. It's just like, it, like I read that sentence and my heart is lifted. And then all of a sudden A defeat for humanity.
2: It's been a week. It's been a week since we legalized it. Yeah. I haven't seen the hellfire and Brimstone
1: yet. We haven't been swallowed up S- by now, the earth.
2: Society isn't crumbling around us. I yeah. think, like you saw, the same rhetoric when we legalized divorce—that oh, you know, marriage is going to be nothing, marriage is going to fall apart. It's, it's
1: not a problem.
2: It's we- true, but you know, uh,
1: you know, people get married too. Like that's, a, that's a, a, a reflection on society rather than the, the, laws itself. I mean, people get married too quickly. People marry the wrong people. People get married because of convenience. People get married for all these different reasons that are wrong because, or they, they rush into it and they find out that they're not the partners for life. So, it's the same thing. It's just like, people's like, oh, like, people deserve a mother and a father. It's like, gay people are equal in every way. They have the e- They are equally capable of raising lovely children. They're capable of raising shitty children. Yeah. They're capable of being good partners and, and wives and husbands. And capable of being terrible partners and husbands. That's the point. We're in all the same equal. Same way
2: every heterosexual couple is.
1: Exactly. And we know we bats an eyelid if a, if a heterosexual couple wants to have a surrogate, a surrogate child. It's like, isn't it great, they can't have children, but they're still trying. But then when a, a, a same-sex couple who can't have children at all, same scenario, it's it's wrong, and I, I think it's a systematic... I and think sadly,
2: that, that shouldn't have even been an issue for this particular vote. Yeah, and as was, much as it's another issue. the
1: church is... As much as we're kind of moving towards the secular state, and the church is kind of... The grip of the church is, is, is almost gone. Very there's, much still a a little, thing anyway. there's still a little bit of a hang-up there in, in, in I maybe mean, the older generations, from like 30 to 50, I think. Uh, what would you think about that, yeah?
2: that well there are, especially, it's because it's the last 20 years that Ireland has, has more than anything become a very very different country yeah. and economic prosperity has kind of driven that in some ways but the, the church's grip is increasingly loosening and soon enough it'll be gone they still run our schools which are also like,
1: kind of odd, and they all but, have like Catholic doctrines like their mission statement contains like and and I should mention our our constitution still makes specific reference to God. And I
2: I uh, don't want to harp on too badly about yeah. religion. I'm 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 more tolerant of religion than most people. Yeah. People will vehemently
1: shout about religion. Yeah.
2: I I respect people's rights to believe in whatever the hell they want. Yeah. So long as they don't try and force that on me or what I should do.
1: I feel the exact same way. I think it's it's I think there's some has to be some way they can coexist.
2: And it can. You can believe in God. You can choose to believe, and then I can choose not to. And we can all live our lives, live and let live happily, living our own lives.
1: And there's a cross section of people because I've met some people who are gay, but also devoutly religious. So I I heard a story uh, uh, during the week that said that um, you know there's she's a she's a gay woman. uh, She's a friend of a friend, but she doesn't believe in having children because she thinks uh, uh, children should have a mother and a father. So that's kind of sad in some ways as well. But
2: that's, she's entirely entitled to that.
1: So, like, it's not as if they're all looking to, you know, and a lot of people think that they're just like, oh, it's a fashion accessory. The gays just want babies to kind of stick in their oversized oh. purses. But, uh, you know, as I said, you could go on and on about that and get into really sad things. One last thing before we leave it, without mentioning too much about my employer, this doesn't actually pay the bills yet, unfortunately. But if you guys listen, maybe, you know, one day it might and uh, I can quit my job and become an internet celebrity. But, it is uh, everyone's
2: dream job to be an internet celebrity. So great. Anyone that denies it is lying. If you could be an internet celebrity, that that's what everyone would
1: do. And but I work in customer service, and you know the odd time when I am greeting someone, I'll say I'm from Ireland. You know, you know in an email or a contact, and a lot of them go like, "Oh, Ireland! Congratulations on the vote. You you really did a great thing." And I had to say I, I got a bit emotional about that, and and uh, even last year, I got emotional. And I'm not going to try to take away from the gaze. Uh, and the homosexuals, it's their their time. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just really emotional to be part of history, I think. You, know? you feel proud about our country, though So uh we talked that out, and I think we all feel better. It's a cathartic process. Coming up next, we'll talk to Nicole McDonough about the New Cork Musical Society, uh, who are staging their first musical, and we'll hear all about it next.
0: You're listening to The Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney.
3: It's just been an intensive amount of rehearsals, really. It's yeah. probably
4: the... the just, like, I keep forgetting every time I do a show how much time you actually need to commit to it, you know, up until you're kind of near the end, I suppose, of rehearsals.
3: It's been three months of, um, practically three rehearsals a week, and then since maybe May, five days, six days, and now obviously two weeks of a show, it's every day, every day of the week that we're in for at least four hours, you know, um but it's been nothing but enjoyable I think we can yeah. say
4: that. It's been really really loads and loads of fun Like, as in we have got a really good ensemble all the other principals yeah. and everything they're great like oh, everybody gets on really brilliant. well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there's a really good sense of kind of camaraderie between everyone I think in the show and I think that's going to translate really well in the show on, on stage, stage
3: exactly. Yeah. You know,
4: and aside from that like I think just the show itself is very strong in terms of the music. You know, some great numbers in it. So
3: like, which has been difficult actually because the, the music itself is very um, chromatic and when you initially mm, begin to learn mm. it you're thinking, geez us yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is this is very um it's very difficult and I remember sitting down with Dave, the musical director, and thinking, Oh god, I don't think I'll be able, I'll be able to actually get this off in time but you know the more you run it the, the easier it becomes and the more ingrained in your brain it is and, yeah, but the music is fabulous like with some amazing numbers like we have um, my favourite number at the moment would be uh, Brass Band um, it's my only ensemble number yeah, yeah, as yeah. far as I'm concerned um, uh, big dance number as well and I have the pleasure of working with um, Colette and Angela in the song There's Gotta Be Something Better Than This and Aileen or uh, choreographed it and it was just oh it's an incredible number like so if you are coming to see the show for anything it's coming to see that music that yeah. musical number it's amazing
4: I, I'd be the same like my um, two favourites would be I think if they could see me now I just think the combination of the song itself and the choreography is fantastic like Aileen on stage, did a great job on she that she did like, and something better mainly for the choreography because I think choreography yeah. is so impressive like it's a grand song but the choreography yeah. elevates it to amazing like, you know um, I'm actually really excited about you know the show actually being on stage and actually seeing seeing everything kind of when the lights are up and the costumes are on and do you know what I mean? I think it's going to be fantastic, and the
3: atmosphere as well with the with the audience in there. Yeah. And st- you know, when you're when it comes to your opening night, like I'm sure there's going to be a bundle of nerves, but yeah. excitement as well. You know, and
4: it's a funny show, like as well. Do you know? Like, I've laughed out loud loads of times during rehearsals. <laughs> I'm I think it's <laughs> <I love. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sometimes with people. Sometimes that.
3: <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I yeah. know
4: that would be happening. <laughs> but, um, but no, like I think first and foremost, like there's a lot of comedy in it. An awful lot of comedy. Yeah, the script is brilliant. Yeah, it's a really, really fun show to be both both be a part of and both to watch. You know? And I've
3: been really lucky to be given the opportunity to play Charity because she is has is one of the characters that I've just been lucky enough to play, and I am enjoying one of the most. She's one of my favorite characters that I've gotten to play before, um, and that made no sense. She's one of my favorite characters that I've ever got been given the chance to play, um, and she's just. Uh, you know you can sympathise with her and empathise with her because she's just so naive and you know it's just living with her heart in her sleeve but it's just so positive and that's just one thing I adore about her character is the positivity you know she goes her whole life does a full 180 degree flip like in she winds up you know in the same place she started really and it's just it's a fabulous musical and a yeah. fabulous storyline I think I
4: nearly love the whole heart tattoo thing so it's almost like she's wearing her heart on her sleeve that's isn't true. it that's yeah, yeah. true I know yeah. that that's very
3: true uh, yeah,
4: yeah. But, um, and she playing Oscar has been, been great as well he's loads of fun to play like Massive dork, but um, <laughs> but he's loads and loads of fun to play. There's loads of comedy in him that you can kind of, you know, there's layers and layers of comedy that you can just mine through and try and bring it out, kind of thing. I um, definitely think we're
3: typecast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't be surprised, like...
4: I'm not at all anxious nice, to <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm not at all naive, no.
4: <laughs> Might as well be called Sweet Shannon Patrick. <laughs> um... What was I going to say? But yeah, he's, he's loads of fun to play. And like, I'm trying to, it's really, e- I don't want to spoil the ending for anyone, but it's really easy to paint him as this two-dimensional kind of mm-hmm. nasty kind of guy. Yes. But, but if you kind of delve into the character and kind of, you know, try and kind of see it from his point of view, you he's, know.
3: He's really as hopeless as Charity, though, he to He is, me. Yeah. yeah.
4: Like, he's, um, <clears throat> what was I going to say? Like, he's obviously a very obsessional kind of guy. But I do think that there's a kind of another dimension to his character there that's, you know, that you can kind of delve into and kind of some way sympathise with, do you know? Um, So yeah, he's been loads of fun to play, like loads and loads of fun.
3: So we have been Charity and Oscar.
4: For a Sweet Charity podcast, and
1: Crane. Cork City has a brand new musical society for the first time in its illustrious history. The group are getting ready to stage their first musical, Sweet Charity. The show, which runs from Thursday, June 4th until Sunday, June 7th, is in the and Crane Theatre on Redmond Street in Cork. You just heard from some of the cast, and I'm here with one member now, Nicole McDonough, to tell us more. Hey, Nicole. Hi, Ken. So, how did the group get get started uh like who are the key people who are gonna bring in this overdue elements to the Cork art scene
5: well basically um councillor Kieran McCarthy um is our director and he's very much involved in the Cork art scene and has always been involved in musicals and different um key aspects of arts around Cork city so he along with Dave O'Sullivan and Aileen Coffey um took auditions and basically uh through Facebook and other social media outlets, they said that they were auditioning for a sweet charity. So um, a huge um, lot of people from Cork, especially Cork City, as, a, as you said, is the first musical society decide to audition, and here we are. So what motivated you to get involved? Well, I've always been involved in musicals. Um, from a young age, I started off in Canada performing arts um, at the age of about 12 years old. And then went on to do a music degree in the CIT Cork School of Music. Um, In School of Music, I was one of the founding members of the CIT Musical Society. So I've always um, had a huge interest in musical theatre. After my studies in Cork School of Music, I went on to study um, with Musical Theatre Ireland. So that was um, very much an intense course in musical theatre. And so it was just out of pure and utter interest in musical theatre and really wanting to get involved in local arts that I auditioned for Sweet Charity.
1: So like you said yourself there, you're going you kind to of have a bit of a background and you've had some professional training. Is it, like, is it all pros in the making or is, what, what kind of mix does the group have?
5: We're very much a um, huge mix of people. You have some professionals um, some people like myself that want to go on to further training, some people that are still in college and studying drama and theatre studies. Others that have had, um, have been involved in other drama groups and other arts groups all around Cork and beyond. And we have a few choral singers who've just decided to go into musical theatre as an outlet. It's very much a huge mixed group of people. A lot of people are working and then rehearsing and coming to rehearsals afterwards. It's very much uh, a vast group of all different kinds of personalities and backgrounds.
1: Is it hard working and then making time for for rehearsals as well?
5: It can be. It can be. uh, When we begun, it was only maybe one, two, maybe three rehearsals a week. Now we're, as the show is approaching, we're very much doing five, six and sometimes seven days a week. So we're, and it can be from anything from two to four hours, maybe in five hours a day. So it can be hard to fit in everything um, with work during the week. You're basically going home, getting yourself ready to go and out the door, getting a quick bite to eat and off you go again to rehearsals. But I don't think any of us would have done this or got involved if we didn't love it. And we're, we're really embracing it because we're such a, a vast group of people, but we're all learning from each other. It's brilliant to watch the professionals and and. new talent that is coming through through Cork musical society and it's very very much um i think that we're 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 really enjoying the whole process of it and um learning loads and having the crack in between
1: so you say you're like in the full swing of preparations now up to 90 so what are preparations like so far
5: um preparations have been good we started very early on with just learning the music which is um Quite complicated. It's the music of Cy Coleman. Um anybody who's familiar with him would know that he's very much uh, a jazz like composer. Um a lot of his stuff is very chromatic, it's quite difficult for um me as a soprano, it's very, very high. So um it's difficult in that sense, but we started that early. We've also had choreography with Aileen Coffey and and she's been amazing. She's doing very, very um unusual choreography, very much influenced by Bob Bossie himself who did the choreography in the movie and then apart from that as well we've been very much involved in doing all the scene work as well the ensemble is I'm part of the ensemble and the ensemble is very much um, a part of every scene we're we're always there we always have to be on point um, and total concentration has to be there as well so we've been working very closely with Kieran and with Yvonne who is our production manager as well in terms of getting into the different characters that we may have and throughout the whole musical and that's been going on now for two months or so as well. So it's constant preparation.
1: And how do, you, how do you kind of fund music like this? Is it all like contributions or like like for costumes and stuff like that? Is it all very much a kind of case of, of sourcing it yourself? Or is it hard to get that stuff when you don't have financial backing and such like big productions?
5: Yes. um, Well, I know Kieran himself has invested greatly into this musical society because it is his baby as such. And he very much wanted to bring something like this to Cork City because it was lacking it. You do have the college musical society, such as UCC and CIT, but this is the first where it's open to the public and open to locals, not just students within colleges. Um, so he very much financially backed it. Um, I know we have some businesses that might be um Investing in it as well. But in terms of costuming, we did have a limited budget. Um, but the girls who are doing costumes and our costume manager, Megan, along, um, with Roisin and Kira are very, very much doing it on a budget and going to all the charity shops possible to find all the bits and pieces. Um, and then other than that, for things like set, um, we've been very, very, um, very, very lucky to have pieces of set donated to us. Um, from the opera house, and um, we've also been very lucky in that a lot of people have been going around, big borrowing and stealing anything they can for the show as well. So we're having constant posts on Facebook of what we need, and everybody's keeping a lookout to see if any family member can donate something to the cause. Um, and it, it is—it's difficult, I imagine, to get um, the musical to where it has to be, but it's very much in sight. We're we're seeing kind of the the runway and. really going for it and it's finally all coming together and it's always in the last two weeks maybe a week that you really see everything coming together so in terms of costuming set and everything we're very lucky that Quark has um donated lots of things to us
1: so so like you're kind of a community as such and you're all providing certain elements that you can bring to the table whether it be whether it be with costumes or props or or expertise like it's a kind of a we're all bit working towards the same goal
5: exactly and all of us are from different backgrounds so um we've all been given something to the actual musical itself and and to the ensemble i know that some people who are doing drama and theater studies are doing drama warm-ups and games and things like that um i myself along with some other people have been doing vocal warm-ups um and we've all contributed whatever skills we have
1: the show. I recently saw the film which was uh, a trippy experience at least it's very much a 60s movie. Is there any parallels with the film or is it very much faithful to the source material?
5: Well the musical that we're doing is very much based on the era that the actual film is set in. It's very much late 1960s and um, mm-hmm. I know the movie itself was made in 1969 so it's very much based on that and that kind of era. Um, I wouldn't if people are coming based on the movie I personally don't like the movie, but I love the show and I love the music in it. I love the acting in it. The script is uh, like an absolute howl. The comedic aspect in it is amazing. Um, you'll go from crying to laughing out loud and back again. And the characters really develop throughout the whole, throughout the whole musical. So I prefer it as a stage adaption. I don't personally like the film but there is some parallels in terms of one of the really big ensemble um, numbers is Rhythm of Life, which is very much kind of a drug-fueled frenzy of <laughs> a piece, but um, which really parallels in the actual musical itself. But um, apart from that, I, I think there is um, very much a different feel to the actual live stage version. And I do think that the actual movie itself kind of falls a little bit flat so I wouldn't encourage people to base this production on the actual film itself. Uh,
1: where do you see the group going in the future? I mean can, can, how can people get involved if they like the this and they want to be involved in, in future production?
5: Well um, Kieran has voiced that he wants it to continue and grow and get bigger and bigger and this is something that we really hope does happen and that we keep Quark City Musical Society alive um, we would very much love to see it continue and have a, an annual show, if not more, each year. I know all of us really want to get more involved. Um, there's always um, there's always room to, to expand and get bigger and have a bigger committee, bigger and better um, show even next year and continue to grow. So um, watch the space, I suppose, for next year's auditions and I have no idea what the show might be, but um, if it's anything to go by this year, I imagine it will just be even more more fantastic
1: so before we wrap up here's your chance to make a pitch so why do people out there have to make their way down to and grain to see this musical from far and wide
5: well if you're from cork and you are very much into the art scene of cork i think it's very important to come support us as i said it's the first um, musical society of its kind in the city center and that it's very important to support the people that have put so much effort into this i just think that as a show it's amazing that so many different backgrounds, so many different people have come together Um, who would not normally socialise maybe together, who would not normally... A lot of these people I have never met before, so we've really become great friends. I think it's um very important that people know that we are here and that we want to be heard as a musical society. And just to see the show when the young talent... That is, and and, and all the talent that is on our doorstep within Cork that would normally not be seen, is here. And it's very important to show that off, to show that Cork Musical Society, or Cork City Musical Society, in fact, are very much here to stay. And I think the show is just hilarious. I I think that if if you do miss it, it would be a travesty. But (laughs) I think it's really important to come see it because... It really shows off the talent of Cork and what we have to offer in comparison to other musical societies all around the country.
1: Well, I'm sold. So tickets are available on firkincrane.ie or at the Crane box office. Tell your friends. So uh, I'm going to be there, not just because me and Nicole know each other. I am going to be there because I've actually recently had the chance to meet the cast. They're a great bunch of people. I can vouch for the fact that they are extremely talented and it's going to be super entertaining Re- a real laugh. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, so uh, tickets are 20 euro. It's it's a bargain really to, to see the, the future talent of tomorrow. You never know who who's going to end up on the West End or Broadway and then you have to pay more money to see them. So head out to see it. If you're not from Cork, make the trip down. You might not, you know, we're a very welcoming bunch. So it's not to be missed people. So thanks very much for coming to speak to us, Nicole.
5: No problem, Ken. Thanks for having me. You're listening to The Weekend
0: Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash The Weekend Show.
1: So if you're out there listening, uh, thanks for sticking around with us, uh, rambling on for the last hour and a half. Uh, We promise that uh, we're going to try better to be more professional next week. We'll probably fail. And the week after that. And the week after that. So um, around about Christmas time, I think you should really start listening. That's where we're going to hit our stride, I think. Christmas 2017. (laughs) So... Thanks for clicking play on the podcast. Hopefully you'll stick with us. You like what you hear. You can find a new episode every Sunday at soundcloud.com for its weekend show. Our unmissable social media pages should be online this week. So or,
2: unmissable you can literally miss them because they don't exist, don't exist at the moment. Yet. Exactly. So more details on that next
1: week. Our theme music is by Mr. John. And until next time, goodbye, guys. Bye. Take it easy, everybody. Bye-bye.